You are about to encounter the teaching ministry of Bishop Andy Juma. Bishop Andy Juma is the pastor of the Precious Souls Church, a denomination under the United Denominations originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, founded by Bishop Doug Hewitt Moore. Bishop Andy Juma oversees the denomination which has churches in Swaziland and Namibia. The Precious Souls Church is full of zealously affected souls who love and desire to work for the Lord. This anointed message will bring hope, encouragement, and healing to your life. Be transformed as you listen to this message. Let's pray that God will advance Precious Souls Church. In the name of Jesus, say Kali Mandalava.
lift up your voice and ask God to help this church. Let's ask God for his help over this ministry, over this church, that it will grow, that it will multiply, that the building project will be finished, that we shall do outreaches and save souls, that we shall establish souls, that his purpose will be established right in this church. Oh God, for in our own might and power, we can do nothing. Therefore, Lord, we tap into your will. We ask for your will, my God. We ask for your power. We ask for your grace, my God. fulfill thy will in our season and in our time in the name of Jesus she said delebo shaika yamasu nerebe kababo shika brata ya sontemi antoli babai ya santalia mandori babai ya ikatori abasantari amaya ikotoni basanderebo sheke oh rasunda liba banda liba banda liba oh kibasu nerebo sheke Oh, spend time and just pray. Let's pray for the church. Let's ask God to help our pastors, to help our sisters, to help with every little group in the church to grow, to expand. Sayekatala, 
you want to pray tonight that as we come into his presence his will concerning you will come to pass that it will not just be one of the meetings you have attended but to be a meeting that you have an encounter with God that you will leave this meeting having known that you have been with God so I want you to pray we just pray pray for yourself and your encounter with God even tonight in the name of Jesus. We are just about finishing our prayer tonight. But we are praying for ourselves in this meeting. We are praying for ourselves in this meeting. Oh Jesus, oh Jesus, oh Jesus, reveal yourself to us in this gathering. I pray that you reveal yourself to me as an individual. I pray that you reveal yourself to us as a church. Oh God, may it not just be one of those meetings that we are used to, but let it be a meeting that will cause a turn around, a turn around, a turn around, a turn around in our lives. Oh God, la sura bashande, kabrasi talima makuri abasanda, rika brasi delebo sheke, yondo bosi delebe hikataya, oh sudara bashere just in two weeks time I just want us to spend a few minutes to just pray into the convention and ask God to come into our midst ask God 
to descend into armies ask God to, to build us ask God to visit us in those three days of this convention let's pray that there will be a heavy visitation of the Lord upon his people in the name of Jesus let's pray let's pray let's pray we are just finishing let's pray in the name of Jesus father we lift up our convention coming up in the next two weeks in the first week of October we are praying Heavenly Father for your visitation visit us oh God in the name of Jesus descend mightly upon us oh God in the name of Jesus bring us from everywhere we go strengthen us oh God do great and mighty works oh God in the name of Jesus take us to new levels as a denomination as a contribution oh God We want to restrict him. We want to oppose him. We want to bind him out of our lives and out of our church. So I want you to take authority in the name of Jesus and let's bind every work of the devil right now in the name of Jesus against your life, against your family, against your business, against your career, against your education, against the church of God in the name of Jesus. Jesus said, Behold, I give you power tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the works of the enemy and nothing shall by enemies and the nothing shall by enemies and nothing shall by enemies and the bind the works of the enemy bind the works of the enemy for we wrestle not against flesh and blood against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places that right now in the name of Jesus we come against the forces of darkness the principalities the territorial spirits witchcraft powers spirits of the underworld spirits married spirits spirits that operate in darkness against our lives against our health against our finances against our spiritual work in the name of Jesus father we contend tonight with all such powers all such spirits all such forces in the name of Jesus Rabbi Santa Libabaya, Ekasum Tolibabaya, E 
We cast the enemy, we cast Satan, we cast a strong man of faith in the name of Jesus. We cast a strong man over Chomese, we cast a strong man over the city, and we declare that your power is a base. Your power is bound, your power is bound. Every force of darkness, every force of darkness, every force of darkness, every force of darkness, in the name of Jesus, we release judgment against you. In the name of Jesus, we release judgment against you. Every force of darkness against the work of God, we release the judgment of God against you. Every force of darkness against our personal progress, we release judgment against you. And we decree that you have no authority. You have no authority. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, put your hands together as you pray and give thanks to God for victory in the spirit. As you put your hands together, you are releasing thunder, you are releasing lightning into the camp of the enemy, and you are releasing the praise of our God and the victory in the spirit. Oh, as you thank God, put those hands together and pray and thank Him. Father, we thank you. Lord, we give you honor. Thank you for giving us the upper hand. Thank you for giving us victory. Thank you for helping us, oh God. Thank you for helping my life, oh God. Thank you for helping your church, oh God. Thank you for advancing my life, oh God. Thank you, oh God, for growing your ministry. Thank you, oh God, for giving us victory. In the name of Jesus. La Sande de as you put your hands together you are scattering every work of the enemy you are scattering the works of the enemy you are scattering every program of the enemy you are scattering every agenda of the enemy you are releasing fire upon the heads of the enemy in the name of Jesus Father, as we clap our hands prophetically, we release vengeance and judgment over the enemies of our lives, over the enemies of the church of God, over the enemies of the kingdom of God, and we proclaim your victory in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, my God. Thank you, Lord. We bless you. Tonight, we thank you for the privilege and the honor you've given to us that in this season of prayer we can make our requests and intercessions and petitions known unto you. We thank you for the help we have received and we thank you for more help we are about to receive. Thank you that as you advanced Moses and Aaron so shall you advance us i thank you for advancing your church i thank you for pushing us forward 
I thank you for helping us. For all we can say is that we are a people that are helped by you. Lord, we pray that you will continue to lead us into your perfect will. We pray, oh God, and thank you for our convention in two weeks' time, Lord. Thank you for your visitation. Thank you for your strength. Thank you for your touch. Thank you for your lifting in the name of Jesus. And now tonight, we thank you that as we come in your presence, we will have a divine encounter with you. We bless you, Father, for victory. We thank you that no work of the enemy shall prevail against our lives. Thank you that Satan is under our feet. We tremble upon him. We decree, O oh God, that he has no power, he has no access in our lives. By the blood of Jesus, we decree that all works of the kingdom of darkness are abased in our lives and the life of your church in the name of Jesus. We speak that your will will come to pass. We decree that your purposes will come to pass. We decree that what you have said shall stand in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We bless you for this moment of strength thank you O oh god that we are drawing power and wisdom from your presence even in prayer today in jesus mighty name we have prayed and let the church say amen amen oh come on put your hands together as people who believe in prayer and you may be seated malin Someone that I can 
sacrifice his life, his dreams, his goals. I'm looking for someone that I can send. Hello, is it me you're looking for? I surrender my life. I accept the call of God. I will go as far as to send me to the ends of the world. I will follow you, my Lord. There will be no holding back. I am saying here and now, say. Oh, Lord, you want my heart. 
of the world Oh God, you want my heart There is no one else to work for There is no one else to work for But you, to work for but you alone. Amen. Well, let's be on our feet and let's welcome your father, my father, the bishop, and the Juma. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, thank you for another time to share your word. We ask you, Lord, to speak to us and to bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Beautiful. Well, you are all welcome to tonight's meeting. And um, how is the prayer going? It's working. We just have two days to go, so let's finish hard. We just have tomorrow. And Friday we are having, uh, not an all night, we are having just a two-hour prayer from 10 to 10 p.m. to 12 midnight on Zoom. To crown it. Amen. So if you are praying around that time, we are all joining you. If that's your prayer time, from 10 to 11, 11 to 12, it's all, all of us. We are joining. Amen. Good. So we've been looking at uh, the subject of pillars of shepherding and how to do the work. Pastor Linus, come in front somewhere. Yeah. Um, how to do the work of God. And we started by looking at how to rally people around you. And we went to look at the importance of, of making sure of your salvation. And then we looked, I think last week or the week before, we looked at the prayer as a foundation to lay, to make things happen. Amen. And then we spoke about the word, laying the foundation of the word knowing the scripture. Because what are you going to teach if you don't know the word of God? You can't teach nursery rhymes. Uh, you know, you have to know the word of God. So we spoke extensively on that last week. And I said, get Bibles, get good Bibles, get study Bibles. How many of you, you've never bought a Bible before? It's not a crime. Let, let me just see. You've never bought a Bible before. Okay, okay, okay. 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 So challenge yourself and buy a Bible. Challenge yourself. We can buy Bibles for you, but I think that challenge yourself in terms of in my life, I bought the Bible. I bought the Word of God. And buy a good Bible. 
How many of you are believing God to buy Dick's Bible? Dick's Bible. Okay. You don't have one yet, but you are believing God to have one. It's about a thousand rand or a thousand dollars. You can't get one. I mean, it's nothing. I shared my experience with you about my dicks. And I bought my dicks. I became broke for a long time, but I was so glad. So, and I used that Bible for so many years. Then it got, well, somebody needed one, so I blessed him with it and I bought a new one. Yeah. Now, there is an online version of Dick's Bible, but it's not, it's only the notes. It's not the real Bible. It's the notes of Dick's. You can get it online, but not the Dick's. You have to buy it. And many of you are used to free things, eh? Everything free. I also like free things, but most free things are not the real thing. One day I heard a man of God say something. He said, if you pay peanuts, monkeys will work for you. Do you understand? If you pay peanuts, monkeys will work for you. Do you understand what it means? It means that if you don't pay the right price, if you go for cheap, 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 cheap things, you get shoddy work. You get unqualified people doing your things for you. You want a cheap mechanic to visit? He rather spoil the car for you. Because you say that uh, the right place is too expensive. You get monkeys to work for you. So, free things, they are good, but don't be too much into free things. Especially if it's about God. Yeah, try and put your money there. You value it. And then I said, get the Macarius. Amen. Get the printed Macarius and the E Macarius. The e-books. You are not showing respect for the prophet if you only go for the e-books and not get the one he has written. Because what I mean is that books are actually um, the honor or when somebody writes a book, it is an honorable thing. People actually get honorary degrees for writing books. And then when you just get it and you just share it free, it's like you're not putting respect and the due honor and the hard work that somebody has placed on it. You try writing a book and see. <laughs> try writing a book. Even to write a WhatsApp message. <laughs> Me, I don't like plenty typing. If I have to talk to you and to be plenty, I won't, I won't say anything. I'd rather meet you and talk, or I'll do a voice note. I don't like writing at all. I'm a science student, so I don't like writing. Plenty writing, plenty, plenty. So get the Macarius and buy it. If you buy it, you read it. Mama Ita, I saw that you bought one last week. Right, right after the message, I saw that she had bought one. Right, but one. Macarius 51 to 50. 
Some of you, we can preach for 10 years still. <laughs> Forgive. And then I said, get other ministry books. Amen. Amen. Hard copies, e copies. I went to a bookshop yesterday. I think it's called Revivers in Maria Mall. Very nice bookshop. But when I got there, I was so, I was so excited. You even know which book to choose. Any book. You know all the fashion clothing shops in town. But you don't know where to find a Christian bookshop. You grew up in Victor. You know where you know where to get all the latest hair hair wigs. Extensions. But you don't know where to get a, a Bible. You know, you say, I don't know where to buy a Bible. Shame on you. Look, today I found some Macaros 40 here. Three packs. There are like six of them. I just put them in my car. And I think that some of you should just take it home and buy it. To start with. Amen. Amen. To start with 400, that's buy. That's buy it. Challenge yourself. I think it was last week's, the verse for the week was, until I come, give attendance to reading, exhortation, and doctrine, something like that. By you, until I come, give attention to television, shoes, and social media. (laughs) But you are changing. In Jesus' name. Be a student of the word of God. Do you know that if you don't know the truth, even you can't tell a wrong message. Okay. What do you use in Cuba? Money. Peso. Listen now. I haven't seen one before. So if you give me a fake peso, I can't tell. Because I don't know the true, I haven't seen the true person before. If you've not seen a real person, anybody can just give you anything. This is person. And you take it to say, oh, my brother has given me some money. It's called person. You take it to the bank or something. They will, they will arrest you. If you don't know how real dollar bill looks like, American dollar bill looks like, anybody gives you a fake one. You will never know. So you don't have to be a student of the fake one. Rather be a student of the original one, the truth. Then you can tell that this is not right. This is fake. That's what Paul said to Timothy. That he should study to show himself an approved workman who is not ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. It is through study that you can rightly divide the word of truth. So be a student of the word. Then you can preach. Then you can teach. Then your hearers will be blessed when you speak. Then I also said, listen to preaching. 
I don't know if you, you've listened to the camp of the month. This is the shortest camp of the month. The camp of the month is the, is the shortest. How many of you have listened to it? Let me see your hand. Ah, why? Is that you don't have it or what? Is it not on the church pages? What's the title of the camp of the month? Why you don't have 1,000 members? And there are only three tracks. So why haven't you listened to it? Is that you don't have phones? You know, say I don't have phones. Say I don't say we don't have phones. Because you, you may be the only one. And if you are even interested, you can still listen, you can find a way to listen to it without having a phone. So I don't understand why you've not listened to it. Any good reason? It's a sign that you're not serious. Because it has been on the page for about a week already. Am I not right, Manuela? It's been there since a week already. So why haven't you listened to it? Somebody tell me. You're looking at my face. You have to go back and look for it. And listen, listen, listen. And, and ask yourself, why don't I have 50 members in my bus center? Why don't I have 20 members? Why, don't I have, why is it that I'm sticking with only three, four people, all this while? The principles there will help you. Nothing works by magic. Nothing works by magic. Amen. Okay, so we've, so we've spoken about, about three points here. Spoken about um, rallying people, being sure of your salvation. Number three, prayer. Number four, study of the word. Number five, I'm, I'm, I'm continuing. Number five, or the fifth point, or the fifth pillar to help you to become a great shepherd or in shepherding people is develop soul winning ability. Soul winning ability. You must have the ability to win souls. Soul winning ability. Amen. When we say so winning, what are we talking about? We're talking about learning the skill of witnessing and leading people to Christ. Are you understanding me? Now, there are so many people who are good Christians but they don't know how to witness. They don't know how how do you lead somebody to Christ? What do you say? Because you are bereft of that skill, you can't shepherd people. Because, first and foremost, to get people in your group, you have to witness to them. You have to witness to them. Now, witnessing, listen, can be as simple as anything. You don't need to know a lot of scriptures. 
many a time, even when I'm speaking to people, I don't have a Bible. You don't need to carry a huge Bible like this one. This one is a disciple's Bible. You are carrying when they see your Bible, they'll run away. Yes. You just have to arm yourself with one or two scriptures. It's enough. Now, to be a witness, a witness is somebody who says, I was there, I saw it, I experienced it. So what you're saying is that you are telling people of your experience with God. And that is powerful enough to change them. How did you become who you are? I was this, I was that, I was that. I met Christ and this and this. Or since I met Christ, this is the change in my life. It's a blessing. You don't need to know a lot of theology. You don't even need theology. All you, you need is to share your experience and to present the love of God to people. That is what changes people. And that is what brings people into the Lord. Now, soul winning is different from invitation. Many of us, we confuse soul winning with invitation. As we're inviting people, I think that we are number one. We are very good. And thank God for that. But you need to have the ability, the skill, to convert somebody from the world to Christ. The ability to convert somebody from the world to Christ. So learn it. And the very good way to learn it is join people when they are going to do outreach. And at this level, I expect that at least you should know how to win souls. If you don't have it, or if you don't know it, learn it. You never, you, you never get it by osmosis. It doesn't come by just staying. No. You have to learn. You have to learn it. What do they say? How do they say it? And so winning is not a discussion. You don't go to have discussion and debate with people. You just share the love of Christ and give the people the opportunity to receive Christ. It's as simple as that. And anybody can do it. The more you do it, the better you become at it. If you stop or if you, let me say, stop quote-unquote winning souls for a while and you want to win soul after some time, it's a bit more difficult. Uh, but you, you still have to do it. And it, the first one becomes a bit difficult. The second one is easier. The third one is much easier. And the anointing increases and it's like now you are into it. But it should be part of our daily lives as Christians. As a Christian, as a Christian leader, as a Basenta leader, you know, you, 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 it must be. Don't wait till we are having, I say, well, we are going to have an outreach at Ochomise, and then, yeah, you are coming. How, how many times will we ever give such announcements? One day I asked somebody, how long have you been a Christian? He said, nine years. So I asked him, how many souls have you went for the Lord? He said, none. He said, I thought he said nine. So I said, oh, one, one year, one soul. 
I said, nah, can you believe nine years? No soul. Ask your neighbor, how many souls have you won for the Lord? At least this year, how many souls? Your personal soul. Amen. Be a soul winner. Be a soul winner. Be a soul winner. I'm a soul winner. Be a soul winner. There's a dance like that. Be a soul winner. I challenge you to win one soul a week. Starting today. Anybody you meet is your potential soul. It's true. Anybody you meet. Potential soul. So don't zip your mouth. Use it. Your mouth is is, is God ordained mouth. Use it to preach. Say amen. amen. That's point number one. I haven't numbered them, so I'm just giving you points. So that's number whatever. Five. Okay. So six is build pillars around you. So the first point I shared the first week was gather the people. But now I'm saying build them up. Build them up. Build pillars. Now listen carefully. Ministry is teamwork. Ministry is never meant to be done alone. Anytime you are doing ministry alone, there is, tell yourself that there is something wrong with what I'm doing. I'll say it again. Ministry is teamwork. It is never done alone. So anytime you find yourself doing ministry alone, tell yourself that there is something wrong with what I am doing. Matthew chapter 4. Is it chapter 4? Maybe, yeah. And verse 17. Excuse me. From that day, from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Verse 18. And Jesus walking by the sea of Galilee. This is the beginning of Jesus' ministry, right? Right? So we are seeing his first Sunday. His first message is recorded. He preached on repentance, salvation, soul winning. Okay? Okay? I can't feel your presence in the church. Are you hungry or you are? Okay. Now, so after he predicted that, he was walking by the Sea of Galilee. He saw two brethren, two brothers. What were their names? Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishes. Next verse 19. And he said unto them, Follow me. Follow me. The word follow me is an invitation to join. So it's like, 
come and be with me. Follow me and I'll tell you something on this later. But straight away, he sees them. They were busy at their work. He could have said, ah, these guys, I think they are too busy. Let me leave them. Let me look for some, somebody who is not doing anything. But he says people, they are busy at their work. And he tells them, stop the work and come and follow me. Because what you are doing, even though it's important, I have something equally and even more important for you to do. Now, so, so you see that Jesus understood right at the beginning the need for teamwork and the need to get people to do the work with him. Sometimes when people are idle, maybe unemployed or they are just there, you feel that they are serious. But it's an assumption. Sometimes people look serious because they are available. But let the same person get a job or get screwed or something. You see how his attitude can suddenly change. So for me, I don't use idleness to assess people. I don't use because you can't tell. You can't tell. You can't. It's like somebody who has money and you are giving him your money to keep for you. You can't tell whether he's a thief or not. But give to somebody who is broke. And don't tell him that I'll come for the money next week. And then you go and you see, then you start to hear stories. Uh-huh. That's what proves your honesty. That you are broke, but you don't touch people's money. So he saw the guys, they were busy at work. And he tells them, come follow me. Next verse. And they straight away left their nets and followed him. 21. And going on from thence, he saw other two brethren, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, in a ship with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them, and they immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. Go to chapter 9, chapter 9 and verse 9, the same Matthew. And as Jesus passed forth from thence, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom. And he said unto him, follow me. And he arose and followed him. So it's like Jesus, he understood the need to recruit people. And not idle people, but busy people. You never hear that he saw somebody sleeping under some tree. And he said, sleeping man, come, come, come. You don't have anything to do. Let's go. No. Busy people. Because the work of the ministry is full of work activities. Activities. So that's why you can't be there. You are not doing anything. They say, Bishop, I want to be a pastor. 
I will never make you a pastor even if you give me the whole world. Because I'm not sure why you want to be a pastor. Because you are doing nothing. Or I want to work for God. Search the Bible. Was there anybody like you? You show me whether there was anybody like you. Even Elijah, who, who didn't go seeking for the ministry, God located him in the midst of his busy business, plowing. So you too, you have to go and recruit people and build them up for ministry. Tell yourself that I will never do this work alone. Yes, you have to tell yourself that this work, I will never do it alone because Jesus never worked alone. He had a team, he had a 12. Even when sometimes he doesn't have all the 12, he has a smaller group, uh, Peter, James, and John, three. That smaller group, inner group, always. So how come that even as you have come to this meeting, you are not expected to come alone? Never come alone as a leader, as a basenta leader. You are going somewhere. Never go alone. You are going to do visitation. Hardly would you see me doing visitation alone. Hardly. I don't know why you are very happy. Uh, Nina, Nani, and uh, and Epson. Never. Never. There should be people. You have to have people around you. All kinds of people. All kinds. Boys, girls, men, women, short, tall, in between, rich, poor, students, workers, all types of people. As a leader. Yeah. Create groups of two guys, three girls, two guys. That, that, that you work with. I'm telling you. If you don't have the model of Jesus, you will not get the results Jesus had. I mean, he was the son of God. And yet, he knew the importance of working with other human beings. Some of you feel, oh, no, 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 no. These guys are not correct. I can work alone. Look, build them up. Make them correct. Make them correct. Trust them. Because many of us, we are experts at making comments, ruling people out. No, 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 no. If you do that, you will never get anybody. You will never find anybody. You will not. Jesus didn't go looking for perfect people. Tax collectors. Never go anywhere alone. Going to do outreach. You are all by yourself every day. You are alone. People will not take you serious. You know, yesterday I went somewhere with I think Super and somebody and as we were there I led them to the shop and I came outside and I was looking at something I said look I can imagine that on a Saturday we have about maybe 50 of us 
hijack the whole streets as people are rushing to the shop up and down we are engaging them we are talking to them we can have an effective outreach here but if i go to stand there alone even if i have a megaphone preaching you say that man i think he must be mad or something, or something like that. yes do you think jesus could have come and done the work alone he could have but he knew that if he gets a team it will amplify his work to push it further so the question is who are who are in your team who are in your team who are the people that you are working with and these are people that you take decisions with people that you pray with oh yeah you move around with they're like your main guy so it's like when i see you i see them but many of you when i see you i see you alone you are you are a lone ranger Lone rangers don't build churches. Lone rangers don't build ministries. Lone rangers don't build bus centers. Lone rangers don't build constituencies. Lone rangers don't build centers. It's people who move with people. Oh yeah. You need them. So naturally, you may be a reserved person, a quiet person, etc. But for the ministry's sake, you need to get people around you. And those of you who are natural gatherers, you must do, you must rise up and, and, and use that gift very well. Oh yes. Because it is that gift that really does ministry. Not I'm alone. I'm alone. I'm all by myself. There are times to pray alone. And there are times to pray with your team. Jesus prayed alone, we are told. And there were times that it is recorded, he prayed with the team. They had a place that they used to go and pray. But that was even how kind of Judas could tell where he would be. Because they know, there's a place that we go to pray. So how come that you don't have I mean I should I should come here on a Saturday morning and you and your three or four guys you are praying there when I move to the other side I see you and your three girls they are praying there when I check here I mean this is pockets of teams praying so what is the occasion oh we are just praying for our basenta we are praying for our santa nothing much so that's how come you can't even raise 50 people because you are all by yourself. And I've told you that get five people to work with. But you don't see it as wisdom. But you need people to work with. And share your vision with them. And discuss how to do the work. And you'll be shocked how God will honor those ideas. But it's all by yourself. Me, I've seen, I've, I've, I've worked in the church for many years. I've seen the wisdom in working with teams. Things just work. Just push. Do you know that even prayer, if you pray alone, it's more difficult than if you pray with people. 
no matter how sleepy you are, if you are with people, the sleep respects you. But if you are alone, it's to overcome you right now. You find yourself snoring. It's no respect of men. But if you are in a group, look, it will respect you at least for some time. So learn to work in teams. I want to see your groups. You are going for visitation, you are going for outreach. You have people with you. And it shouldn't be one particular person only. You should, you, you should have a team of people. Not that you say oh, a group is two or more, so it's just me and me and Epson. Every day, me and Epson. Every day, me and Epson. No. We will start to question you. Amen. So you are going anywhere, you have your team you go with. Your ministry, you'll be able to build people because, you know, one thing about ministry is that it's not about notes. One day I was walking somewhere and I saw a gentleman teaching a lady driving in a car by a bike, like a, a football pitch. And the lady was busily writing notes. And I was asking myself, are I going to write an exam or what? No, you don't, you don't need the notes. Listen and practice what the guy is teaching you. See, ministry, you can't go for the notes you write. But many of the news, you don't even look at them after the service. You don't. It's just a religious practice. Write them. I taught you how I started preaching last week. That I used to write notes. Write them. But in terms of the practical ministry, it's really about company. So when Judas hanged himself and they wanted somebody to replace him, they didn't say, we want somebody who, has, who knows all the teachings and the notes since Jesus came. But he said, somebody who has accompanied with, with us since the days of John the Baptist. Since the days of John at the Jordan. Company. Because when you company with people, you see things. And you learn things. Oh, yeah. When I finished university, Bishop asked me to come to work in the office. So I used to work in the office with somebody. Then there's a bishop called Bishop Jake. Some of you know him. Bishop Jake was, was our missions director at the time. And I think in those days we had a day we used to call the clinic day. So people would come to the office for prayer. And I was a young graduate. And he would call me. 
And he said, he's the doctor. And I'm the nurse. So he has a table, he sits on, I sit next to him. And people will come with their problems. Spiritual doctor, spiritual nurse. <laughs> people will come with their spiritual problems. So I learned how to listen to people as they come with their deep issues and how to minister to them. I saw it. I never wrote notes. There's no notes. It's company. I learned how to see things that are surprising and still behave as if you are not surprised. <laughs> Seriously. I learned it there. Look, I tell you there are about three groups of people in this world who hear things. Number one, or who see things. Number one, doctors. Number two, policemen. Number three, pastors. Hey! We see things and we hear things. Some of the stories, I, I can't forget them till I die. From those, from those rooms. From the clinic. I remember one day there was a girl in the church. Who was in the choir. This girl, I knew her from Adam. She came. When she came, she, she sat before us. I was asking myself, but this girl, what, what problem can she have? Oh. This type of girls who seem to have everything working for them. Problem-free girl. And she came. When she came, she sat before us. And what she said amazed me. You know, one of the things she said, I remember, was that she said, since a certain age, she says, I don't have hair. Meanwhile, she had hair, long hair. <laughs> then my pastor, Bishop Jake, asked me, okay, take off, take off. Look, not even one hair. So I, I was thinking that maybe she was doing, she, she had cancer and was doing chemo or something. Nothing like that. Look, as a young pastor, I, I, got a, I saw that life is very complicated. Because in my understanding, every girl had, and this, this, this is like 1999, when extensions were not common in those days. But you have to, as if you say, hey, really? You don't say enough of those things. Company, you learn from company. Sister, why? Tell you. You learn a lot. You, you also impact a lot. So build people. That's how you build people. People will learn how to pray as you pray with them. They will learn how to witness as you witness with them. They will learn how to counsel as you counsel with them. Even they will learn how to preach as they see you preach. Oh yeah. We have something in Ghana we call naming ceremony. 
when a baby is born, there's a ceremony that is done to name the person. In South Africa, you, you even give the names before the child is born. In West Africa, it's not like that. So there's a ceremony that is done to give a name to a child. And Bishop Jake, my missions director, before I came on missions, he would take me every Saturday and it is done in the mornings. He would come to my house, put me in his car. We are going here. Naming this baby, naming this baby. I learned how to name babies. 24-year-old pastor. Team. Team. Funerals. You go with me. You go with me. So by the time I came on missions, I had had a lot of exposure. Because some of you, if we take you somewhere, the way you are a lone ranger, and there's a funeral, and you see the corpse, you also die. <laughs> you die with the corpse. how to lay hands how to cast out devils have to be there to see it there is no proper discipline in this life where you are left alone to try things on your own you company with people and you learn it. Whether it's teaching, it's nursing, it's medicine, it's even 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 driving. You company with drivers. Engineering. Chief engineer, you are you are here. Where did you go to? I was looking for you. You went to Australia. Oh yeah. You have to have all these internships and things so that you company with the seniors. And you too, you, you, you have to create people and you should company with you. I mean, since I came to Vintok, I, if I, I, do, I, like, at a point, I didn't know anywhere apart from my house to church. After that road, house to church, I can never get lost. But if, you, if I take any other place, <laughs> I'll find myself in Angola. <laughs> yeah, so I'll be there as a pastor. I need to do visitation. I'll call Innocent. Innocent, let's go. Are you there? He says, uh, let's go. He took me to places. He took me to places. That's how I know places. Company. Yeah. Go with him. Go with him. You're doing outreach. Get somebody. Get people. So it's like my visitation director. Yeah. Go with him. It makes your visitation effective. So for me, it's like a symbiotic association. It's like a mutual help. I'm learning town from him, and he's also learning ministry, how to minister when you go and, when you go and visit people from him. So one day, if he becomes Pastor Innocent, you know that it's not by 
Yes. And there are some people you can actually sense a certain grace upon their life. Take a special interest in their lives and be with them. They may not even value who they are and what they have. But you can see and don't just allow them to, to just be there. Be with them. You can see some seriousness in them. You can see, take a special, let them be close to you. And you see how suddenly your ministry will start to shine. People will not understand it. Amen. I'll give you the last one for today. I'll give you the last one for today. So today I've spoken about having an outreach, learning how to do outreaches, winning souls, learn the skill of winning souls. Amen. And then also learn, the next thing I said was that learn to build people around you. So after you've accompanied with your team for some time, even if you are not there, the work can still go on. The work can still go on. But some of you, if you are not there, we are afraid. That's the end of all your years of work. Just flush down the drain. All right, so the next one, the last one, number, is it number seven? Whatever number you have. Number seven is that create a shadow. Create a shadow. If you want to become an effective center leader and shepherd people well, you must have a shadow. What does a shadow mean? It means something like a calendar, an outline, something that guides you as to what to do. So what I mean by create a shadow is that you must have something you do every day. Do you understand me? Something you do every day. A weekly schedule or a daily schedule. Why? Because ministry is work. I said because ministry is work. See, ministry is work. Ministry is work. Ministry is work. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, I believe. Ephesians 4, 11. The verse 12 is a must know scripture. Look, even, even 11, it says, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry. For the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry. So what the Bible is saying here is that Jesus, when he ascended into heaven, he gave gifts unto men. Okay. And he says that the gifts he gave unto men, some he gave some apostles and some prophets. So, the gift that Jesus gives to the church, they, they are packaged in human beings because these, these things that he's talking about, they are human beings. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. That's why our conference is called He Gave Gifts Unto Men Conference because the gift that God, Jesus gives to the church, they are in men. 
So every man who operates in the five offices of the ministry or, or the five gifts actually operates in a particular or, or has a particular gift he works in. Now, he says, why did he give those gifts? Then verse 12 says, for the perfecting of the saints. The saints are the Christians, the normal believers. The number two, then for the work of the ministry. He didn't say for the pleasure of the ministry. He says for the work of the ministry. Ministry is work. Now let me explain why to you ministry is, is not work. To you ministry is not work because you have not scheduled anything about ministry. If you start to put things to do every day, you will see that ministry is work. Let me explain it further. If you have something you do every day, when you wake up, because you have scheduled it, it guides you as to what to do. If you have not scheduled anything to do any day, you have nothing to do any day or every day. That you, you have woken up and you are well doesn't mean that you do something. If you wake up and there is nothing guiding you to know what to do, you will not. That's why on holidays, your life is monotonous. Even when you wake up, you say, I'm going to sleep. After yourself, I'm going to sleep. You sleep for two days and now it's like you are you can't sleep again. Then the day, what do you to do to you don't know what to do? But if you tell yourself that after three days of rest, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do that. Suddenly, your day is full of activity and there is work to be done. Now, if you don't have any schedule as a leader, you will do nothing. No matter how anointed you are, you will be idling. So you have to tell yourself, Sunday, this is what I do. Monday, this is what I do. Tuesday, this is what I do. Wednesday, this is what I do. Thursday, this is what I do. Friday, this is what I do. Saturday, Saturday, this is what I do. So when I took you through the uh, 21 Sabbath shepherding campaigns, the last thing I said was that, have a schedule. Because after learning all these campaigns, the next thing is, when and how do you implement them? They will not implement themselves. You have to create intentional calendar to say that this is what I do this day this is what I do this day this is what I do amen, amen. so minimum if you say I'm doing I'm, I'm, I'm putting in one hour of work every day one hour of ministry work every day in a week you'll be doing seven hours of ministry work is different from somebody who, who, who just does ministry per chance. If something comes up, then no, 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 no. You must have something that guides you. There should be one or two days in a week that you put in more than one hour, maybe two or three hours in the day. Now, if you put in one hour every week, you have seven hours of ministry work. 
if somebody puts in three hours every day you will have what 21 hours every week if somebody puts in five hours so the more hours you put into the work the more things you have to do and you get to, 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 to do that you are doing nothing it's not because there is no work but you have decided not to settle anything to do and that's why you say ministry <laughs> if there is something to do i will do it hey there's a lot to be done and if only you will sit down and start to now schedule things monday i do visitation tuesday i do this wednesday i have my prayer meeting with my centers uh, Thursday, no Wednesdays we have service so Thursday have prayer meeting with my center leaders um, Friday we are doing all night and visitation of all outreach you program things you program things you, you always have to tell yourself this is what I'm doing from Monday even Saturday Saturday by the time Saturday is ending. You should have scheduled what you are going to do on Sunday. Oh, yes. Now, the reason why some of you, when we close church, you feel like going home. And in fact, you must go home because when you stay around, you are bored. Is that you've not scheduled anything to do Sunday after church. It's true. If you have scheduled that Sunday after church, General and myself, we are going to visit uh, who? Chris. And after that, we are going to visit Marlene. And after that, we are going to see Kapandi. You will not just rush home and say that, oh, I'm going to watch Premier League. You know. Oh, no. You will even see that, hey, the day is not enough. I couldn't even meet my target. I couldn't meet my target. So have things. Write them down. Write them down. And let them guide you. Let them guide you. You'll be amazed how suddenly your ministry will begin to have a turnaround. In the book, what it means to become a shepherd, prophet says, ministry is work because every work has working hours. Ministry has working hours. You have to create time to everything you do. If you plan nothing, then you do nothing. But if you plan something, you do something. And I'm telling you, plan something that suits your your lifestyle. Don't use me. Yeah, my skull is different from yours. So use, use, have your own time and stick to it. Stick to it. Even if it is, like I said, one hour every day, every day. You see that in a week, your input in ministry is very significant. You will not be at the same level. And you have time for useless things. When the girl comes looking for you, she won't find you. Yes, she won't find you. You are busy. 
Do you know that the reason why some students fail is because they don't know how to study? Not that they are dumb. But you see, you have to have your personal timetable. But that's why even in, even in a school, there's a timetable. Monday, we are learning this. Tuesday, we are learning this. Wednesday, we are learning. That's what guides you. But if you don't study anything that occurs, I feel like learning history. Then you go and take it. I feel like learning chemistry. Anything with the three, you just go for it. (laughs) Geometry, I want to learn geometry. I feel like, no, but you have to schedule clearly. This is what I do. This is what I do. This is what I do. And follow it through. You become a successful student. As a shepherd, you also have to have this is what I do. This is what I do. And schedule it. You become a successful shepherd. Tell yourself, Fridays are not a good day for me. So Friday is off because I'm so busy at work. But maybe Saturday, I can do three hours of ministry. Starting from 12 to 3. What do I do? I visit this person with this person. I go here, I go here. Then I have my rehearsals. Plan it. Plan it. There are some days, the way the days are, you can't pray much. But there are some days, the way they are, you can pray for a longer time. So you schedule a longer prayer that day. Yeah. Nothing works by just being there. You plan it. You plan it. Do you even know that when to pray, if you don't plan it, you won't pray? You don't know because already you don't pray. So <laughs> you don't know it. If you want to pray well, you need to schedule your prayer. For example, as we have scheduled this prayer one hour, one hour, is it not helping you? At least you know that within the, uh, the, the, the day you would have done some substantial or substantive prayer. In the Bible, they had hours of prayer, times of prayer. They went into the temple at the hour of prayer to pray. And I'm saying anything that you give time to and you stick to it, you become fruitful in that. That's all I'm saying. And I can't, I can give you a guide, but I don't know your life. So I can't bind you by it. It's only helping you that if you are serious, you will go back, you will sit down, and you draft something. Monday, this is what I do. Tuesday, this is what I do. Wednesday, this is what I do. Thursday, this is what I do. Friday, this is what I do. Saturday, this is what I do. Sunday, this is what I do. And as a shepherd, Sunday is not a time for you to just come and enjoy a message, it's also a time to work. So you, so you must have your own small schedule that you have. You know, Sunday I'll do this, I'll do that, I'll do that. I'll see this person, I'll, see this I'll speak this person, I'll do that. Yeah. And then you see that gradually you are building yourself. There's nothing that will be too high for you. Even to read Sometimes you, sometimes you might tell yourself that every day I'll read a chapter. 
chapter of the Bible, a chapter of this book. Because you have books. But the books are reading you. You are not reading the books. The books are reading you. You are not reading the books. Amen. Good, good. Rise to your feet. My time is up. Good, good. Let's pray. Close your eyes as we pray. Father, we thank you for this kiss that you have blessed us with. I pray for your people that they will be doers of your word and not hearers only. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit Bishop Andy Juma podcast channel for more messages and the Precious Souls Church social media pages for more information on upcoming events and so much more. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages weekly. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind.